this is Coco Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. This is Josh. And this is Nick. We're Talk Modern. This is Travis from the Audio Sequence. I'm Vince. I'm Boyd. This is Josh from Adverse Effects. This is Malachi. And this is Ryan. We're Small Million. And you're listening to Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP. Happy Tuesday evening, everybody. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. We're all heartbroken about the gorge. I hope everyone is being safe out there. And uh, what I want to do tonight with Sounds of PDX is take your mind off of everything that's going on in the world. And I'm going to supply some killer influences and great original music because tonight my guest is Mordecai. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having us. Now, Kate is with us because uh, the other guys in the band are busy getting ready for the tour. We're going to be talking about that. So you have like a marathon tour. I'm like so jazzed to talk to you about. Um, plenty to cover. Vortex Music Magazine shows of the week uh, are upcoming PRP picks. Going to be talking about and going through uh, their latest LP that was just released on August 30th. It's never enough. And uh, just, I'm going to have a bunch of questions for you too. So if you're listening to us in the Portland area, you are on 99.1 FM or PRP.FM. You could be streaming us online or on your app. If you are, say hello, say hello to myself and Kate. We're going to be playing a bunch of great tunes tonight. Uh, The first one, Kate, I don't know if this is your influence, but it's an artist I've had on, um, not to interview on the show, but I've put into my playlist before. The Patternist is such a cool Pacific Northwest artist. Was that an influence of yours? Yeah, definitely. That one mostly came from Andrew, but we um, listened to it a lot sort of as we were going through the producing process. And we actually reached out to him for um, advice on someone to mix the album. Oh. So it is uh, mixed by Jeff Bond, who also mixed his album. How cool. Yeah. Gosh, what a great lesson. I, I You know, there's a couple of the bands who've had those things where they get to work with great local talent because they just ask. Yeah. It never hurts to reach out to someone. <sighs> Perfect. I, I'm excited to hear your story and how you got to that point. Uh, but until then, listen to the Patternist. It's an influence for my special guest, Kate. She is in Mordecai, and you're listening to Portland Radio Project. Patternist here on PRP. Uh, little did I know it is a friend of the band, my special guest, Mordecai. Kate is with us tonight. Um, so later on in the show, I want to talk about the making of the LP and uh, all of that stuff. So I want to get the details again on on his involvement with that. But let's start from the beginning. I want to talk to you about what's your first tangible music memory. Um, it doesn't have to be the moment you knew you were going to be a musician, but how did it enter your life? Um, my father is a music fanatic, which is definitely how music entered my life. He has a huge LP collection and um, mostly is interested in like obscure jazz <laughs> and jazz fusion. So there's a lot of weird like synthy weather report stuff <laughs> in my childhood um, and also classical music. And then I remember seeing someone play the violin when I was like six probably and immediately asked my mom if I could play the violin. So that was when I knew I wanted to play music. Wow, so you were six when you picked up the violin. I was eight. Okay. But still the idea was in there young. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can look back at my early music memories, but I don't think they were tied to a specific instrument until later. That's really impressive. Now, along with that, did you, uh, were you a singer before? Did you have like a gift of melody that translated to that instrument? Um, I have never been a singer 
learning to sing has definitely been a journey of the past couple years. Um, but I think that the violin is such a melodic instrument. And because it doesn't have frets, you have to have very a very good ear for tuning. So it's actually translated pretty well to singing. Um, yeah, that helps you on the other side. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. brilliant. Um, do you play any other stringed instruments? Uh, I can kind of play the mandolin. It's the same strings as a violin, so uh, it's very similar. I can kind of play the guitar, but that's about it. I play the clarinet and the piano a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I take it you, you, you probably have some formal training as well, yeah? Yeah, I actually studied music in college, okay. so definitely a classical background. So when you were in high school and you're milling around, who are some of like the pop or contemporary artists you would listen to that had a violin or string presence? Oh, that's a good question. Um, when I was in high school, I grew up in Utah in a very small conservative town, so I did everything I could to be different, basically. <laughs> I was like, do not associate me with this place. Um, so I think in high school I discovered Andrew Bird. Oh, so and, good. Yeah. Yeah, he blew me away. I saw him open for Ani DeFranco in 04, and he had just been signed to Righteous Babe, and I was like, who is this dude? Came out on stage solo. You know, I don't have to tell you. Like, yeah. violin playing was ridiculous. Halfway through the first song, he starts whistling. I was like, this guy's an alien. He's, like, so good. He's not a human. Wow, what a cool influence. Yeah, Andrew Bird's a really good one. Um, speaking of influences, I want to go back to the playlist. Hiat Hiatus Coyote, was there uh, their influences of yours? Uh, I would... Yes, I love Hiatus Coyote. I would cite that more of an influence of Andrew's, though. He actually went to school. We met in music school. Okay. Um, and he studied jazz guitar. So they're like everything right <laughs> that is jazz. Yeah, them and uh, amazingness. does he also like uh, Wolfpack right now? They're blowing up kind of in that free form thing. I'm, I'm sure he would dig I'm them. Sure would, yeah. uh, this is a really cool song, Borderline With My Adams by Hiatus Coyote. We're going to hear it on the PDX Spotlight playlist right now. The Shannon Entropy episode is live. Uh, check that out. We had a great interview with uh, their lead singer, David, in his backyard. Uh, upcoming episodes will include Skulldiver, Rare Monk, and Falcon Heart. Like I said, we're going to get to the PDX Spotlight playlist. Here's Hiatus Coyote and Influence of Mordecai. When it rains by Paramore, that's an influence of my special guest tonight, Mordecai. Kate is with me, but of course I have to dedicate that to my sister, Carol. That goes to you. Uh, I knew when I got the email from the band this week and Paramore was on the list that I would give you a shout out, Carol. So thank you so much for listening. And Kate wants to know what type of cake you're making tonight. So keep us updated. <laughs> <laughs> we need some yum yums to get this us through. Very important. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks again for joining me. You're listening to KSFL LP Portland on Portland Radio Project. I have Kate from Mordecai in studio with me. We've been listening to her and the band's influences. Um, I, I want to ask you, in particular, was there anyone in your life that you personally knew that was a musician, maybe a family member or uh, an acquaintance through school that, that inspired you? Um, probably my biggest musical insp inspiration was my violin teacher growing up. Um, yeah, watching her journey. She was on like orchestra track going to become a professional classical musician. Um, so watching that and realizing like what hard work can lead to was really inspirational. 
Although I don't think I had any inkling of being in a band or playing more sort of contemporary pop music until I moved to Portland and was just totally immersed in this city. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, share with our listeners, when did you get to Portland and what was the music scene like at the time? I moved to Portland in 2009 and my first... Um, intro to the music scene was the house show scene. Oh, so lots yeah. of like garage rock in people's basements, um, which was more of a party than anything. But <laughs> right. I'm a big proponent for house shows. I think yeah. they're a great way to connect with your audience and also to, uh, it's proven just as a band, it's a good idea because you sell more merch because of that personal connection. Uh, well, that's cool. So were you in any projects right away when you got to Portland or were you laying low as a musician? I was laying low, lots of jamming with friends, lots of practicing, but um, no solid projects, not really playing out in the same way. Yeah, it's tough to kind of find, and I mean, you've got to build a project and create a sound and all those mm -hmm. things before you know what you're marketing out there, uh, which makes sense. Well, tell us, uh, tell the listeners how you uh, met up with Andrew and how the project started. Uh, so Andrew and I met in music school and the project started, we were just hiking one day and we were like, what if we made a project where we both sing? Wouldn't it be fun? Like we spent so much time working on our instruments and like practicing in a little room. What if we just sing? So uh, we just pulled some songs together, uh, decided to try to make pop music something a little more accessible. And that was the beginning of it. How long ago was this? This was a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you guys have written, uh, we're gonna hear it in the second hour, but written and recorded a brilliant 10 track LP and to have completed that within a year and a half of getting together and forming your sound, I commend you, that's a big deal. It was a quick process. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's super rad. Um, what are some of the artists right now who are like standout influences? Like who's on your playlist these days? Oh, well, this is probably a very common answer, but I've been like, uh, very in the Solange world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think she also fits in the kind of somber pop. Yeah, a little shoegazy, shoegazy. slash R&B. Yeah, mm -hmm. she has a um, the vintage side of her writing reminds me of Nina Simone. Oh, absolutely. Right? Who is one of my favorites oh, of all time. We should have put one on the playlist. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> well, looking back to the playlist, uh, James Blake is on here, as a matter of fact, uh, quite a few times. And I love that you have some repeat influences because I think it's important, you know, had had uh, I had to submit influences you know, however many years ago when I did a solo record, it would all be Ben Harper and Chris Whitley tracks. Like, <laughs> I can't submit anything outside of that. Uh, but most of them are off of the same James Blake record. This is called the Wilhelm Scream. Uh, what does James Blake mean to the project? Um, I think James Blake is probably the primary influence. We actually sat down and we're like, what sort of sound are we going for? Um, what, yeah, what music that we listen to inspires us the most and what about it do we like? And James Blake is this perfect combination of like grooviness meets somber, sort of like bleak soundscapes. Yeah, like old school crooner soul yeah. with soundscape. It's totally a soul album yeah. with electronic beats. 
And it's really sparse and just perfect. Yeah, tasteful. Everything Very is tasteful. super tasteful. Uh, we're going to hear a couple tracks from him tonight. Uh, if you're listening to us, say hello on the talk board like Carol did. Uh, she was excited about Paramore. Let us know what you're excited about on PRP.FM. I've got Mordecai in studio with me. We'll be back with more on Sounds of PDX. That's Gun by Churches here on Sounds of PDX. I'm your host, Luke Neal, and I have special guest Kate from Mordecai in studio with me. Now, Kate, we haven't talked about it. You said a little bit earlier that violin was your main instrument, but that's also what you play in the band. So for our listeners who aren't familiar yet with your music, talk to us about the unique instrument setup that you and Andrew have. So the band started out being solely violin, lap steel guitar, and the two of us singing. So it was a really complicated process of turning these both sort of melodic textural instruments into a pop band. Mm. Um, and it's definitely evolved since then. Now we have um, since we play with a drummer, uh, but those, yeah, very textural sounds are still like the makeup of the songs. Now, when you're composing with him, are you all submitting ideas to each other or do you introduce stuff in person? How does that process work with you guys? So he actually composed the songs, the bare bone versions of the songs. I think all of them were written just guitar and voice sort of folk song style. And then we um, uh, just got together and it just happened pretty naturally, sort hmm. of jam style. That's so cool. Yeah. It's it's always like we were talking off the air uh, about human ottoman. Like I'm always impressed when I show up to a venue and I don't know what to expect from the band right. A. And then they show up on stage with odd instruments. I'm always, always interested to see what people can do, mm -hmm. uh, especially with these days. Like there's looping, there's layering, yeah. there's uh, synth things. You know, um, another band we were talking about, uh, Cabin Project, although for a long time they were three piece. I mean, they had full string sections and everything on stage. How... Is that for you as a violinist? How was it making the transition from obviously an acoustic violin in your life mm -hmm. uh, and then progressing on to these multi-layered crazy things? It's been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's your rig like live? What are you using? So I've been playing through a whammy pedal uh, so I can be like a bass element. There's a lot of pizzicato where you're plucking the strings and it's just like a very low bassy sound like a sub bass yeah oh, so cool. uh, just turn it down two octaves and then i've been playing through a delay pedal which is also very fun to be like the wall of noise and just playing with what that can do especially through a bowed instrument because that's not something you hear very often yeah what is your approach to that because as a traditional violinist you're probably not as busy as you'd normally be playing music like this like, I mean, if compared to a, a classical piece, do you find yourself yeah. like m making more room? Definitely making more room. I feel like I have to swallow my pride a little bit because <laughs> violinists <laughs> like to play a lot of notes and a lot of notes really quickly. So it's been a process of learning how to be really tasteful. Um, but it's also like learning another instrument because as I'm doing playing the violin, I'm also manipulating all the pedals. Um, we've been working some looping into it. And That's really cool. Yeah. So you're finding yourself thinking in so many different minds and then adding vocals on top of that. Adding vocals on top of that. And I've also been playing the synth. So, man. So how do you juggle that? And what would you say if you're on stage is the part you have to focus on most these days? Uh, I think timing. 
Hmm. When you're juggling all those things, it's definitely um, having everything in its place. So what did, uh, how long ago did you add your drummer and what type of element did that bring to your live performance? We added our drummer um, in the winter and I think it just adds a different energy to it. We had been playing with backing beats, which is great and fun and very electronic, but it adds a whole nother element to have a live drummer. I think it feels to us more convincing, so it comes across more convincing. I think your music calls for it. Next on the playlist is an artist that has very distinct rhythm sections in this genre we were talking about, like the Paramore right. uh, type era. We've got Circus Survive, and I think that type of influence, especially like I said, with the LP and what I heard, calls for a live drummer uh, to capture that. Yeah, we sort of found that we needed that combo of electronic and acoustic drums. So is this uh, a big influence of Andrew, you said, Circus Survive? Yes, also an obsession of mine in high school. Oh, okay, right on, that's so cool. Um, did you ever get to see them live? I never got to see them live. They were in Portland like a week ago, too. Yeah, crazy, right? I, I love that. Uh, yeah, I think the anniversary from this record just came up, the 15 year or 10 year. I think it's a 10 year. Either way, that's crazy. Either way, it's brilliant. And that's why it's on our playlist. Uh, this is Circa Survive with Holding Someone's Hair Back. Stick around. I've got Kate from Mordecai until 9 p.m. You are listening to Sounds of PDX on KSFL LP Portland. This is Portland Radio Project, and that was another track from James Blake. I've got Kate from Mordecai in studio with me. We've been listening to their influences and stories about the band. Uh, we were, before that last music break, talking about the songwriting process. Um, w- would you say that there's any central themes that both you and Andrew were going through or dealing with that uh, made an appearance on the record? Uh, I think... There's a lot of heartbreak hmm. on the record, um, so which is something we definitely both were going through. Um, so themes of heartbreak, and then uh, sort of this idea of capitalism. I think the title "It's Never Enough" kind of refers to uh, what's expected from you in this society. Hmm. So, would you call yourself uh, a minimalist? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And, and I'm, I, I will say, I can hear that in your music. Really? Yeah, I think there's, um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but there's, there's potential with electronic music to just put everything in there because we can, right? Um, but he, the room you guys create, and I would even say, go further to say, you create uh, an atmosphere for the record that kind of wants you, made me want to sit there and I highly recommend everybody listen to it with headphones on, but it makes you want to sit there and see what happens next. It's just so well written that I, I think, you know, we look back at some of these influences and it's so evident. Uh, all the best of these artists we've been playing have, have shown up on the record. So uh, again, commend you all for capturing uh-huh. that. Thank you. <laughs> so when you were approaching a record in a new project, what, what was your motivation? What did you want to get out of Mordecai? Uh, It was an exploration into making a music that's very accessible, um, that's really easy uh, to connect with. We wanted it to be very vocal heavy for that reason, the voice just being the most powerful, intimate instrument that there is. Um, And just talking about things that are important, but in um, a medium that 
is relatable. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. We, you know, I've had artists that at an earlier age snuck in some lyrics that have later resonated with me stronger and stronger. Right, uh, me too. Yeah, that's that's really cool because I don't mm-hmm. think, I mean, it's so easy to make pop music these days and just put out something that sounds cool and has a good hook. Why do you think it's important these days to have uh, some social consciousness like you guys do? There's so much going on in the world. I don't think we can turn a blind eye to it. Um, and music is a really uh, powerful way to express that. Yeah, and it's uh, you guys have the perfect type of music for it. You've got <laughs> the the driving type of music. I mean, anyone that, that would ask me, like I love soundtrack music. I love uh, even pop music that just has those elements. That's like, okay, right. I was going through the LP, getting ready for this show, I was just like, that song could be on a trailer. That song should be in a movie. You know, those sorts yeah. of things. So you guys create this beautiful space for your listeners to uh, feel safe and experience this in. And we're going to be getting into that here in the next hour. Uh, you all just released your first single, Control, off of your debut LP, It's Never Enough. You just released it via Vortex on August 23rd. How cool, right? I'm so excited. Yeah, it's super <laughs> rad. So how did you guys get that process done? Did Andrew reach out to them and they... Uh, Andrew reached out to Vortex, cool. yes. Chris Young is phenomenal. Um, he, he's just one of the hardest working dudes in town. He's always stopping by. There's there's physical copies of Vortex Music Magazine here because Chris drops them off. Like, it's a man, it's a customer service deal. with, with dedication. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we, we thank him uh, for always being involved with PRP. Um, so you guys debuted on Vortex. Um, as, as you're looking through the record, why did we pick Control as like the thing you wanted to introduce the public to? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think it's a really good representation of our sound and just kind of the sum of the vibe we're going for. Uh, the hook of the song is about the ins and outs of sinking, so it's sort of that mm. that experience of experiencing all of it. That's really cool. Wow, yeah. well put. Yeah, this is uh, this is really cool. And and to honor the band, and it's something uh, Kate and I will talk about. I, I want to play the LP in the order in which you all arranged it. Um, so again, I, I think unless I'm wrong, the answer would pretty much be the same as to why this leads off the album. It's just a great, it's a welcome mat for Mordecai. It's perfect. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, if you haven't heard it, here it is. This is Control. We're going to be listening to the entire LP, It's Never Enough by Mordecai. Stick around. Hop on the talk board. Let us know what you think. We'll be back with more.
makes no sense I can't trust you to make amends You save all we've paid All your excuses won't change a thing catchy and unforgettable we're listening to tracks from mordecai uh you said when try again started kate that this was your top 40 jam yep why do you feel that way i mean i would agree that more than this are top 40 on the on the record but why did that stand out some bangers but this one is it's the i don't know it's so catchy it's so hooky that's got those circus survive drums in my head yeah (laughs) yeah what, what what are some of the songs some of your favorites from the record well, the ones that get stuck in your head are definitely this, Hanging On and Control. Um, I also love Shell. Shell Something is Something really about cool. the vibe of that song. What do you think? Because you look at this record as a performer and as a member of the band, and you spend so much time with the record side of it. And I always stress there's a huge difference in a record and a live performance. What mm. song is best translated for you into the live setting from the record? Um, maybe calm down. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that one feels really good to play live. Were there any that you were worried about, like, how are we going to pull this off after we've recorded this? Yeah, some of these <laughs> we put so much into it. There's so much sound. There's so many different synth parts. I was like, okay, now we have to bring this onto a stage with three people. <laughs> I, I, you know, there's so many great bands that... I, that play with backing tracks. Like I used to be so opposed to that idea, but it's like, I think it's applicable based on scenario. I think I'd be bummed out if I showed up to a Pearl Jam show and they were playing with backing tracks because that's not Pearl Jam. However, when I see Image and Heap for the first time in 2005, and I had been opposed to that, and I see her do it and what she did with looping and all this stuff, it blew my mind away. And I just think it's such a great layer and still a, a more immersive uh, experience for the for the audience members. Yeah, I definitely agree. So you guys are playing along to a click? We are not playing along to a click. Wow. Um, however, uh, we're going on tour as a duo, so we will be playing with backing tracks and potentially playing with a click. Yeah, yeah you are heading out soon. Let's talk about that. So you're going to be going all over Europe yes. uh, as of Monday. Is that right? The 11th? Uh, we fly out on Sunday, Sunday morning. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Now, is this your first time? You're going to France first, right? We're going to France first, yes. First time there? 
Um, I spent my 16th birthday in Paris what? with my family. So would you ever think you'd be back there on tour? Nope. How cool. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. I'm going to talk to you more about the tour, uh, and more details on that coming up. I'll put up on the PRP talk board. Again, if you're hanging out with us, hit us up there on PRP.FM or on your mobile device. Say hello to Kate from Mordecai. We're going through their debut LP. Uh, the next song is the third track on the record. This is a song, nothing, any insights or any stories you'd like to share with us about this one? Um, I think that this song definitely draws from the part of our influences list that is like Paramore and Circa Survive. You can definitely feel that like hard hitting uh, rhythm section. This was also our first single. We re uh, recorded this one earlier in the summer before recording the rest of the album. So oh, it kind of oh, cool. set the tone to everything. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So this is uh, what, I what I like to call as an anchor track. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, it's an anchor track off of the debut LP from Mordecai. This is nothing here on Sounds of PDX.
Hanging on from It's Never Enough, the debut LP from Mordecai. Kate from Mordecai is in studio with me. She's been my gracious guest all evening, putting up with me and my random questions. Uh, yeah, thanks again for being here. Um, I've really enjoyed listening to this, and it's it's always fun. We always have great conversations off the air about mutual bands or, or the local scene. Um, I think our local scene is so fostered by, we've got great places to play. Uh, and you guys just play the Holocene, which is one of the coolest, as far as eye candy goes, it's one of the prettiest oh, stages in town. it's a beautiful uh, great place to play. What is what are your, some of your wish list um, venues in town that you guys eventually want to play, especially being a year and a half old? I mean, I guess some of the bigger venues. It'd be fun to play at the Crystal. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun to play at the Wonder. Uh, we have never played at Mississippi. Okay. I would love to play at Mississippi. Played yeah. there with other groups, but... Oh, okay. So you've performed it, not as Mordecai. Not as Mordecai, Um, yes. So you said, again, the band is about a year and a half old. You all did a swing uh, 2016 West Coast tour. We did. How long, was that a duo tour as well? That was a duo tour. And what was that experience like, taking that out for the first time? It was kind of a whirlwind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've been not so shy uh, off the air about uh, the frustrations of booking, which everybody deals with. Um, So what what was that learning experience like? And what did you take away from that leading up to this European tour? Um, I think I was saying earlier that I have learned through this whole recording and booking process that if you just throw yourself out there, um, sort of swallow your pride and just put yourself on the line, you can make anything happen, uh, which was sort of our um, mantra, deciding to book a three-month Euro tour, which is total insanity. Yeah. Um, also on that West Coast tour, uh, we had all of our gear stolen. What? So it actually like very literally changed our direction as a band. In, in what way? Um, the lap steel guitar, which it is on some of these songs, is no longer. So it's gone. It is gone. And with an instrument like that that's so unique, it can be a signature part of your sound. So what did you do to supplement that now? Um, so that's when we started relying a little more heavily on the synths and sort of trying to recreate that very airy, dreamy sound. Um, and hopefully we will have a lap steel again someday, but it probably will not be the central point of the band. <laughs> or at least an inexpensive one, just in case. Exactly. <laughs> um, so w- with artists, I'm always interested, was there anything like visually that you were seeing? Because I think your music invokes a lot of images for me. Again, it's very road trip music, mm-hmm. sound soundtrack type music. Was there anything you had in mind of what you were ty- trying to see or invoke with the music? Yeah, um, I have this image of my in my mind that's very Pacific Northwest, sort of when you're on the beach and the clouds are falling from the sky, mm. maybe it's dusk, it's very gray, everything's sort of this, yeah, gradient of gray and blue and washed out and... That almost monochrome. Yeah, exactly. PNW. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Um, so how does that apply or how do those ideas apply to our next song? This is Calm Down. Are there any stories you can share with us about this track? Um, this track is interesting because uh, you'll hear it's very repetitive. Try to calm down, try to calm down, try to calm down, but it comes out in this almost manic way. So it's sort of like a mantra to yourself to try to find your zen, um, but expressed through you know this sort of frenzy as the song builds yeah i really like this song as a matter of fact there wasn't any tracks i didn't dig at this point it's like 
which one am I going to put in the play in my rotation? <laughs> like, what am I going to pick? I'm sure it's going to cycle because again, it's uh, one of the most cohesive LPs I've heard in a long time. Uh, really excited to be playing it all tonight for you. This is the next track off of the record. This is Calm Down from Mordecai here on Portland Radio Project.
Perfect by Mordecai, my special guest tonight. We're listening to their entire LP, It's Never Enough. Uh, great response on the talk board. People are uh, blowing up with response over this thing, and it's it's phenomenal. I love the like the disintegration at the end of that last song. Very nice, puts you in a Thank cool you. spot. Uh, what would you say, I've got Kate from Mordecai with me, what would you say is um, the pluses and minuses of touring as a duo like you're gonna be doing through Europe? Mm, the plus is the portability. Uh, yeah, we're just renting a small car. We can carry all of our stuff with us. It's uh, logistically probably much more simple. Sure. Um, but we've definitely encountered uh, people who don't really, or they're skeptical of booking a duo because they don't want something that, you know, can't make as much sound. Sure. Looking for more of a live, full live band. Um, so we that's been a little bit of a hiccup, but I think that logistically it's, Smart. <laughs> um, there's a great folk duo in town called Fox and Bones that recently went to Europe. And what they found and what they, they shared with us was um, just the attitude towards live music is so different there. Is that something you're looking forward to? Yes, so much. We've already have been feeling that in the booking process. Oh, re in what way? That's uh, People are just a little more receptive. Huh. And it seems like they probably treat musicians better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't know until a couple of years back, but there's like big corporations there expect that their employees are going to take weeks off in the summer to go see music festivals. That's just the culture in Europe. Yeah, we haven't had responses from anyone this past month because literally everyone is on vacation. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly it. They're all seeing the end of the <laughs> end of the year, uh, end of the summer tours. It's amazing. That's really funny. Americans need more vacation. <laughs> uh, Touche. Um, but it's cool that you're going to be a part of that. You're going to be sharing your music. Uh, uh, I've heard a lot of artists say the best way to become famous in Portland is to leave Portland <laughs> and go tour. Uh, do you have any friends or family in Europe that are going to be able to see you, or is it all strangers this time through? Friends of friends, uh, but no direct friends. And no family, so it'll be a lot of strangers <laughs> and a lot of new friends. But you know what? You plant those seeds, you build the relationships, and you get to go back the next time. And oh, yeah. I'm so excited to make friends in, like, 30 European cities. Out of all those locations that uh, you're touring, and I'll put the tour dates up on the PRP talk board. You go to prp.fm, I'll put the link to their tour on there. But out of all those dates, is there one in particular you're looking forward to more than another? I am very, so we're playing a string of three shows in Prague. Oh, wow. That I'm very excited for. Yeah, that's on my bucket list, too. Yeah. Uh, one of them's on a boat. Very rad. And um, another venue that hooked us up with a local Czech band that sounds awesome. That's so, really cool. Yeah. Gosh, it's so exciting. I mean, there's there's obviously trepidation with traveling, but you're sharing your art with people from a totally different culture. Like, How do you process that? I don't know that I am processing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think like, I think the, the sound of Mordecai is going to be so well received over there. They've always had uh, a, a foot ahead of America when it comes to electronic music. Uh, there's so many great American bands that are influenced by mm -hmm. uh, what's going on and have been going on in the UK forever. Um, so let's, let's talk about the next song, Price. How, do, how did this song come to be? Because I think it's a unique sounding track as well on the record here. It is a unique sounding track. Uh, the sort of foundation of this track is the violin pizzicato, uh, which is definitely unique. <laughs> which you enjoyed playing. <laughs> which I enjoyed playing, yes. 
that's kind of it's kind of tough to track pits up against a click track because it's i mean i don't know it's so precise especially if you're using it delay is. it yeah. stands out like crazy uh so when you're writing pieces like that do you find yourself trying to achieve uh, a sound or a feeling rather than like a musical piece if that makes sense rather than like something written out and played are you trying to achieve a color that you can put on the record yeah i definitely think of it as something textural uh, versus a part that was how i should have asked that question <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I can see that too i mean you, again uh, listeners are hearing it although it's in the electronic arena there's so much that's organic about this in the best of ways uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. We're about halfway through. We've had Mordecai on the show with us. We've got two more songs coming up off of their uh, debut LP. This is Price and Shell. Stick around.
is Shell from Mordecai. Their songs and sounds have been taking us to a new place tonight. Uh, we're listening to their entire debut LP. I've got Kate in studio with me. Um, I want to dig into the nuts and bolts of the record. Uh, I absolutely love this process as a producer. Talk to me about um, start to finish. Where did you, how does the writing process go? And then capturing this. So talk to me about the studio and any producers who may be involved. Yeah, so Andrew, who unfortunately isn't here tonight, um, gets songwriter, uh, producer, and recording credits on this album. <laughs> it's amazing. So you yeah. tracked everything at his studio. We tracked everything at his, um, with, okay, with the exception of at the end of Perfect, we tracked drums um, at my friend Jeremy Reinhold's studio, and then Jeff Bond, who mixed it, tracked drums at, at his studio on nothing. How cool. So we have a few different drummers on there, but um, except for that, it was all tracked in Andrew's home studio. So would he bounce ideas back to you or email you stuff or would you just show up and he's like, hey, this is what I've been working on. What do you think? He sent me some stuff, but most of it happened in person. I spent a lot of time there. So you, we were talking before the show and you're like, I'm not really the studio guy uh, and I know all the nuts and bolts. So what was your aspect of going into like a production or studio setting, not as a producer or engineer? What did you take away from this experience in making this LP with him? Well, I definitely learned a lot about recording. So it was kind of eye opening as to what you can do on your own. Um, but I think we were a really good balance. He's an audio engineer. He does live sound. And I have primarily been an acoustic musician playing violin. <laughs> so I think I was a really good um, set of ears to bounce things off of. And he mm. had a lot of, you know, know how to. It's pretty cool too. Like you're both coming from different places and hopping into something that's kind of genre bending. Like I still wouldn't know how to classify your music. Me either. <laughs> that's great. I think, <laughs> I think that's wonderful. The, the question is too though, and it, it sounds like, the answer is yes, but are you making music that you would personally listen to? I ask everybody that. And yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty honest, even with as much as going on. That's what I would say. Like I was telling you, my wife and I listened to the record and uh, after you guys sent it over and it's just, uh, it's super inviting and it does make you think, but I just think it's, it's honest. Like I haven't been surprised uh, by who you are as an individual having heard the record, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd feel comfortable making or being involved in something that's contrived. So Yeah, it's not contrived. That's the perfect word for it. It's definitely genuine. Uh, what about the, the next track we have? We've got uh, Follow coming up. And uh, this one, I mean, they all kind of have their own thing, but I want to know why you put this one towards the tail end of the record. Mm. I think this song was written by Andrew years ago. Um, I, he started playing as Mordecai Mordecai with his best friend when he was probably 20 or something, oh, just playing cool. like on an acoustic guitar, probably punk pop kind <laughs> of. Um, so this is just an old song and therefore it's sort of at the end of the album. It's really cool. We've, we've got a couple more tracks 
for Mordecai, and then we will uh, let Kate go off into the evening. But thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, I want to do a quick mention. If you haven't been to PRP today, go to PRP.FM. Click the support PRP tab to see how you can join our amazing sponsors and uh, supporters here, uh, one of which is Vortex Music Magazine. And they were uh, collaborating with Mordecai just a couple weeks ago to help release Control. If you missed it at the top of this hour, uh, this podcast and broadcast will be up on PRP.FM soon. It will live there forever. Uh, but until then, I'm going to get some information from Kate. I'll put it on the talk board as to how you can uh, go and stream this record right now and enjoy all the goodness that you're listening to. Uh, getting back to the PDX Spotlight playlist, another song from Mordecai. This is Follow here on Sounds of PDX. It's never enough But you keep on asking Keep holding your breath Cause I'll keep on passing It's no wonder for me So why all the questions? What can I ask them?
your ears were just treated to follow from Mordecai, the ethereal soundscapes of this band that uh, can go many different ways that you could describe. I'll just keep calling it soundtrack music, right? That works for me. <laughs> so uh, you and I found before uh, we went on the air that we dig uh, some similar artists, one of which is Sigur Rose. Yes. I wanted to ask you about them because they have a very particular sound and a very particular thing. However, they can go from record to record and keep that spirit with them with really vast arrangements, right? They do. They definitely bend that genre. Bend is a perfect word. Yeah. They, they find a lot of different corners to write out of like the gobbledygook record is mostly like acoustic circus mm -hmm. traveling folk music and then all their other stuff is so insane. So one thing I'd like to ask you is what do you want to achieve on future Mordecai records? And what would you say is like the sole essence of your band that you want mm. to have uh, a common thread throughout your career? Right. So it's interesting. I also think of uh, Sigurosa's soundtrack music. Yeah, totally. So maybe what we are doing is just continuing the soundtrack. Ah, I dig that. Yeah, continuing that scene that we're trying to create, that feeling, that vibe. And it's it's a little tough to describe because for me it's it's there's a level of seriousness I think that goes Absolutely. along. Absolutely. Um, but you guys are super catchy too. Like it's the it's the brilliant balance of doing something that's high IQ and also super memorable. Uh, I think a lot of artists and and listeners, some artists are an acquired taste. You know, we were talking about Radiohead's Amnesiac off mm -hmm. the air, and that's something that I adore now and sounds just as mainstream as anything else in my collection. So as an artist and as you're forming your own identity, you've obviously had um, some good advice up along the way right. um, from some mentors and, and uh, I'm sure teachers, but I want you to give your advice. Um, if you've got someone that's coming up to you after a show or like when you're on tour and they say, Kate, you have blown me away. I love what you guys are doing with your music. What do you think I should do to start in this crazy business? What advice mm -hmm. would you give them for that? Well, this project is very DIY. Um, we've done most of it ourselves, all of the recording and producing. So um, I guess my advice is that you can do it and you can make something that sounds professional if you just put the time into it and believe in it the whole way through. Um, someone said something to me that if you do something that you believe in 100%, there is no way that the people listening to it can't feel it. I think people too, they, they put so much into a record and you go out on the road with something that is well thought out, like your LP, it's never enough. And you're trying to portray, portray something, but it becomes part of like your DNA, right? I mean, you're sharing oh, a part absolutely. of yourself with strangers. Uh, and I commend anyone who can do that. Yeah, it can be very vulnerable. <laughs> but you've got, I mean, I would if I wrote your record, I'd be totally confident sharing it with strangers. And that's what I was gonna say. Uh, I've totally enjoyed listening through it. I thank you guys for the opportunity to play the whole thing. And uh, I'm so glad you reached out. We haven't even talked about that. You guys emailed me to do a write-up. Was it you or Andrew that, that reached out? It was Andrew that reached out. Yes. Pro props to him. That's the mm -hmm. business side of the music business, kids, <laughs> that you need to do. <laughs> We're doing both of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're doing it well. I mean, your social media presence was really strong. Uh, and I think a common theme of Mordecai as well that I've learned is don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Like you never know. You never know. People are very helpful. People and, are receptive. And again, it helps that you have really rad music. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's head back to the playlist, and uh, I will let you say your goodbyes before we send you off into the evening, before we play the end cap of the night. Yeah, just thank you so much for having us here. It's really cool to listen to it all the way through with 
the rest of Portland. So. Well, the the stories that you've shared have, has uh, shined some really nice lights on this record. Uh, check it out now. It is out, the debut LP from Mordecai, It's Never Enough. I'll put the information on the talk board. They're heading off on tour. So it's going to be three months pretty much. So you'll have to mm-hmm. be sure to come back. Say hello to us at PRP. Uh, you'll definitely be able to hear some Mordecai tracks on my Thursday shows, which you can hear from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, here it is. It's the last tra- track off of the LP. This is Alone by Mordecai. I've been your host, Luke Neal. And I'm reminding you to support and discover local music. No one.